Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. This is the broadcast for June 16th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is hour two of two in the year of our Lord, 2020, I had to say. All right. Hour two of two. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked last hour. And I echoed a couple of headlines that Kirk Crosby had on yesterday's broadcast. Corporate America pledges $1.7 billion to the Black Lives Matter movement. Kurt asked, why on earth do you think they're doing that? I think because they're scared. The second headline kind of highlights the point. Antifa, or Antifa, Chaz thugs attack, choke, sexually assault street preacher in Seattle. The autonomous zone has the right to reject you, they claim. So the bottom line is, hey, a religious preacher gets, you know, abused in Chaz or Chap, Chop, whatever. Uh, and wow. Well, I think these corporations are afraid they're going to be uh, similarly dealt with, not physically maybe, but figuratively and uh, eventually be crushed. So the next headline kind of highlights this point, Kurt, a little further even. Starbucks said on Friday that it would be sending Black Lives Matter T-shirts or shirts, to its employees. Going back on a previous statement that the shirts were not allowed. So now you literally got Starbucks buying Black Lives Matter shirts for their employees, Kurt. I don't Pretty know how crazy, to... crazy, huh, Sam? You know, I was looking at a uh, story from Breitbart where it says uh, the complex funding and ideology of Black Lives Matter. And uh, it shows a picture of that whole... Uh, I guess it's a huge street in the, I'm trying to tell where it is, but it's, uh, I mean, it's written on the street in this big paint, Black Lives Matter, yellow, uh, you know, paint on this big street, you know. And uh, um, this thing they say it was founded by radicals, uh, describes its own founders as three radical black organizers named Alicia uh, Garza, Patrice Cullers, and Opal Tometi. Uh, they created a black-centered political will and movement building project in response to the acquittal of Trayvon Martin's murderer, George Zimmerman. Uh, their history page proudly salutes the radical causes built into its DNA since its 2013 founding, including liberation, politics, and transgenderism. Yeah, the bottom fact, line is uh, these are modern incarnations of the same groups, though. These, these Black Panthers and these uh, communist organizations and these socialist organizations and these, you know, uh, um, what, Socialists of America or, you know, Communist, communist USA Party. Kurt, this stuff's been going on since the 60s. Um, you know, we had a British invasion in music and we had a communist invasion uh, at the same time. Um, and, you know, the only people back in the 60s to provide a serious warning against this was the John Birch Society, JBS. And they've been attacked relentlessly and primarily discredited, uh, wrongfully so, I might add, over this. But this is nothing more than a, than a we're, we keep reassembling the chairs. Now it's George Soros funding everybody. And, but before it was this and that. And, you know, all I'm telling you is this is, this is nothing new. It's, it's 60 years old, Kurt. Stuff. And it's just getting more and more and more and more prominence in America. And I remember when we first started out in radio in the early 90s or whatever else, 
you know, we were reporting that there was, I can't remember how many it was, 38 literal socialists in Congress and literal communist part of the U- communist USA party in Congress. And we had a list of them even, and then the list got taken down off the internet. And, you know, this has been going on for quite some time, Kurt. Now, I'm not saying it's not helpful to connect the dots. I'm just trying to give people a real historical perspective on this, right? It's a good point, Sam. And uh, I was looking at a little bit more of the uh, story. Uh, they say uh, corporate and foundation sponsors appear unconcerned that BLM is unclear about who runs the movement today and commands its vast resources. It almost sounds like the SPLC. It says the group itself claims it has no top-level leadership at all. The project, it says... Uh, I'm going to tell you how you can know, Kurt. A, I'm going to help yeah. these ignorant leaders at the top here. I'm going to help these ignorant leaders in corporations that don't seem to be worried about it or they claim they don't know. Whose name is on the bank account, Kurt? And you would say, well, wait a minute. It's Black Lives Matter. And I know. Who has the right to spend money, to write checks, to approve expenditures? This isn't very hard to figure out, Kurt. You follow the money and you know who's in charge. Trust me. Otherwise, I think what they ought to do is just let me be in charge of the spending, Kurt. Good point. How dumb am I, right? Yeah. Look, you can't say we don't know who's in charge. Who's got the checkbook for this sucker? Who files their tax returns, or do they have to file tax returns? Let's dig in and find out who's who, whose name's on the, okay, how do you get a checking account? How do you get a banking charter, if you will? How do you, okay, who spends the money? Who pays? Are there any bills for this organization? Is there an organization filed? Is there, if there's no organization, you can't have a bank account, can you, Kurt? See, somebody's lying somewhere, sir, I'm telling you right now. And the mainstream press is giving them a pass and not holding them to account for this. Look, I can't even get a bank account or a business license or anything if I don't have an organization. I just say, well, it's just we the people. There's like, okay, well, who's going who's gonna to sign? Whose signature do we want to make sure matches before we start cashing checks? Who's, okay, I'm telling you right now, society doesn't let this just happen, Kurt. So they're lying to you, and they're not telling you the truth. Do they have any assets of any kind, Kurt? Who's keeping track of those assets? Who, which accounting firm is depreciating assets on their behalf? I can go right down the list. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just Joe Blow out here, but I'm telling you right now, I know, I know enough about the corporate world, and I know enough about society to say, that just doesn't fly in normal circles, Kurt. Something's not making sense. Somebody's in charge somewhere. Same thing with Chaz or Chop or whatever you call this thing. Look, you say nobody's in charge in the city? I bet you I could walk in there and within a half hour, I could find out who's in charge. Okay, somehow you got a bunch of, you know, 'er ne'er-do-wells answering to somebody. Otherwise, there could be no decisions made. Otherwise, what if I go turn the barricade around the right way? Or what if I bring in my police force and say, hey, we're in charge here. Somebody's going to challenge me. Who will it be? Okay, I'm telling you, this idea that there's no uh, head or no responsible party is completely and utterly bogus. Other than that, it's not so bad, huh, Kurt? Good point, Sam. Yeah. All right, anything else on that? Uh, Not that I can see. Okay, I think it's important to connect the dots, as you wisely are doing, though, to say, hey, you know what? What gives here, Kurt? I think you're right. All right, you remember this guy? What's his name? Chauvin? Is that the cop, Kurt? I think so. He ain't shoving nobody now. He's in jail, right? But 
Anyway, Chauvin. It's kind of an interesting name there. But anyway, they say if convicted, Chauvin, Kurt, still stands to collect a massive pension, according to CNN. He could receive $1.5 million in benefits over 30 years, Kurt. Because just because you have this problem, that doesn't mean you lose your pension, buddy. Good point. Feeling good? We, the taxpayers, are going to pay that sucker, aren't we, Kurt? Well... Uh, at least this is a problem, if you ask me, that goes, you know, uh, you talk about systemic racism, talk about systemic problems in in government. Uh, this is uh, one of them, you know. Uh, you just have these massive pensions that uh, uh, don't seem to be, um, well, I mean, you know, they get all these uh paid days off and all these other things and the rest of us say hey, we just need to work a little harder so we can pay all those taxes right uh and yet uh i do believe that another part of the problem is the unions that typically make it so that uh you know uh, even the poorest uh, employee if you will or the worst cop gets you know big money like in this case uh he certainly shouldn't be getting that money, I don't think. Do you? No, absolutely not. But again, uh, Kurt, this points to something is broken in the system, right? Yes, sir. All right, what do you got That's next, man? I see it. You know, uh, I was looking a little bit more on the uh, BLM thing. It looks like their their major financial supporters include Airbnbs, put five hundred grand into BLM, and the NAACP. Uh, are those connected? The BLM and the NAACP. Anyway, then it says uh, Anastasia Beverly well, here's Hills. My, here's my guess, Kurt. Yeah. My guess is there's no official at the top connections. However, there are chapters and groups. Remember, these are loosely run organizations. And so, you know, if somebody's a member of the NAACP and somebody's a member of Black Lives Matters or any of these groups, they certainly may be working together in certain uh, illegitimate ways. Um, I have no doubt about that, but I don't really believe that the NAACP and Black Lives Matters are, are, are literally working together in a kind of a corporate way. But, of course, if you don't know who's at the top, you can never know, Kurt. Right? That's a great point. Do you, if they you don't say, know who's... You know, leading the organization, how would you know if they're working with somebody? You can't. So, see, this lie just extends so far. But I believe yeah. there's rogue agents that are cross working together without a doubt. And I'll give you some examples to make the point. You know, C.L. Bryant uh, is on the same radio network, Loving Liberty Radio Network, that we're on. And I believe that, you know, C.L. Bryant was one of the leaders in Texas in the NAACP. He is, what is, is a wonderful guy, Kurt. I don't believe he's at all involved in Black Lives Matter, not even close. Okay, but that wouldn't stop. You know, certain people from being involved there, right? So I don't believe officially, but I do believe maybe uh, in a rogue sort of way. All right, we'll uh, follow up on that and a whole lot more in seconds. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Never a dull moment on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby having a fantastic time just for you. We've got about a gazillion people producing this broadcast. It's just hard for me to coordinate all of them, you know? Yeah. All right, sir. Starbucks literally sending Black Lives Matter t-shirts to employees. Uh, if convicted, this Chauvin guy... <clears throat> He's still going to get $1.5 million on his pension, hanging out over 30 years. No problem for him. Hey, man, how would it be to be in jail? You'd just get three squares a day, and you'd have plenty of money just to turn it into like a nice boys club, wouldn't you? More cities and states could ban no-knock warrants, Kurt. Did you see this article? No. All right. Well, uh, your buddy, um, Rand Paul's working on it big time. He put together a legislative piece on the national level to say, hey, let's, let's get rid of these no-knock warrants for good. Uh, and cities and states are working on banning uh, so-called no-knock warrants. What do you think of the idea, Kurt? They're banning no-knock warrants. Yes, I think it's a good idea to ban that, don't you think? No. I don't. You don't like <laughs> no-knock war- warrants? Well, I'm not for no-knock warrants for the most part. Uh, and I think we use them way, 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 way too often. So, for example, if you don't pay your student loan, they'll kick your door in. That's insanity. Remember, on um, on our uh, Freedom Coalition website, we have a video and documentation of a young man who, uh, I guess he had a wife, and a wife had warrants. I'm sorry, a wife had uh, student loans, and they got a divorce, or they were separated or something, and he wasn't even with her, and they kicked this guy's door in and tied him up for hours, and, you know, and it turned out it wasn't even his loan, Kurt. So I think that no-knock warrants are used way, 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 way too often. No question. 
And uh, I certainly don't support any no-knock warrants on the federal level. So I think Rand Paul's right on that. On the local level, though, if very extreme circumstances warrant it, then I think that no-knock warrants do make sense. The problem is I think they're way too easy to get. They're way overused. And I don't think that there's any federal level justification for no-knock warrants at all. If you don't pay your IRS loan, they shouldn't kick your door in and start shooting. Okay, so I think most no-knock warrants should go away, but I do think there needs to be a little bit of room for some. Let me give you an example. Let's say somebody kidnaps a child, and we know the child's in some drug trafficker's house or something like that being abused or whatever else. There might need to be an element of surprise uh, in, in situations like that. Uh, there's rare examples when I think no-knock warrants have some justification, but they are very, very, very few. So am I for banning completely no-knock warrants? I'm actually not. Am I for curtailing them big time and saying that 99 out of 100, there shouldn't be any? And there's no reason on the federal level there should ever to be any? I would agree with that. If you say, well, wait a minute, Sam, what about a criminal, you know, running across state lines and doing this and that? You know what? You can still work with the local uh, peace officers, local sheriff's department in a given area. You can still use the element of coordination. Uh, to get that done. And so I think it's very, very, very rare. But I can think of a couple of instances where I think the element of surprise is really, really important. Let's say that El Chapo came north of the border. He's this big drug lord, right, Kurt, that we've been trying to get forever. Now they say he's behind bars right now or whatever. Fine. I'm just saying in very unique instances like that, I think that if you know where he is for sure, there might be an exception to say we've got to get this guy. But I think it needs to be super, super, super rare. I mean, it needs to be escalated through four or five or six levels of you really need everybody to sign off and say this is literally justifiable. Right now, we get these no-knock warrants with a wink and a nod. It's one of the most peaceful neighborhoods. You get the door kicked in, and then you got the wrong house and stuff. We hear this all the time. It needs to be very, 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 very rare. But if you had Osama Bin Laden hanging out in L.A. and you knew where he was, for instance... Uh, truly an international criminal or whatever. I'm not saying that, it, that there are justifications for it, but it's super, super rare. And what I think we need to do is get a handle on it. So what's your take, Kurt? Do you think we ought to ban them entirely? Now, I'm not saying you're wrong if you think that. I'm just giving you my opinion, right? This is a, a discussion. It's something that I've never even really completely thought through. For the most part, I'm against them. But when, I'm, you know, when somebody says we're going to abolish this completely, I'm just thinking, is that what we want to do? Is that right? Or would there justifiably need to be an exception here or there? I don't know. It's, it's worthy of discussion and worthy of contemplation for sure, Kurt. Uh, any other thoughts? For the most part, I'm agreeing with you. I just wonder if there ought to be some exceptions. Yeah, I was thinking about the uh, Scott case in California. Um, so you're talking about the Scott, the toilet paper guy or the paper towel guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, that's just and, a, a uh, shame. Should have never happened. You know, it seemed like it would have uh, we would have avoided that if we had uh, didn't have the no knock warrant kind of thing. And it seems like uh, there's, like you said, uh, very few situations that uh, you know have have that as being uh, the way to do it. it. Seems like you know if you have your a good local sheriff, uh, you know he can seems to. Uh, I mean, Sheriff Mack always tells us the ways that they can usually uh, disseminate or kind of tone down the situation. And uh, But um, I agree there's probably certain times or certain things when, uh, you know, 
something needs to happen, I guess, without uh, notice. Uh, yeah, and let's be clear, a no-knock warrant doesn't rare. always mean you come in with the guns blazing, Kurt. Okay, a no-knock warrant means you need a, an element of surprise. Let me give you an example. What if we could do a no-knock warrant on Hillary Clinton and get her hard drives that had to do with her email before they literally erased them with bit uh, bit bleach or whatever they used for that or whatever, and they just wiped it all clean? What if we could have used the element of surprise and we had that data? Now, we don't need to go in blazing. Hillary's not going to shoot back, I don't think. So, you know, we don't need to get violent, but we might need the element of surprise there. So I think we need to create levels of and, you know, safeguards regarding uh, a lot of this for sure. And I need I would say 95 percent of the no knock warrants that are issued today or 98 percent. I don't know exactly a number would go away. But I would say there's specific examples where, for example, Jeffrey Epstein. You know, do you, do you need to do the element of surprise when this guy's literally an international traveler with hidden money everywhere and is a well-known sexual pervert already convicted who's running around, uh, you know, doing things to, to girls and, you know, orgy islands and everything else. This guy's got international implications. You know, might we need the element of surprise to get that guy? Maybe. Again, I don't know every case or every example, and I'm not defending no-knock warrants. I am defending the exception to where, you know, whenever you do an absolute, Kurt, and people have taught me this over the years, uh, Kurt, I think you've even been one of them. Whenever you say absolutely 100% yes or 100% no on something, you're probably wrong. Not because your point is wrong, but because it's taken to the extreme. I'm guilty of this all the time, sadly so. I go never and always, and people have to remind me, Sam, you're right on the point. You're just wrong on your extreme position. That's all. And so... That's the only reason that I hesitate on these no-knock warrants. I'm for getting rid of 90, 98% of them for sure, without a doubt. And I think on the ones that are justified, we better have multi-levels of sign-off on this thing to where, hey, is it a peaceful but element of surprise situation? Is it really a no-knock warrant that really needs guns a-blazing? And I think, you know, is it really, and, and we need to be really, 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 really careful uh, with this authority or power. Do I think it can exist in certain circumstances? Well, for example... Um, you know, what's the equivalent of a no-knock warrant if you go into Chaz, Kurt, for instance? I don't know what that would be, but you need the element of surprise or more people are going to die and get hurt. So it's a very rare, rare situation. And for the most part, I'm completely agreeing with Rand Paul. And I don't know if his legislation has some exceptions in it, Kurt. Again, there's just too many issues coming forth, and they're hard for me to, uh, in, in all fairness, it's hard for me to study every one of them. You know, in, timely enough for the shows. I'm sure these things have just come out and stuff like that. So I don't know that I have. I don't know that I have every answer, right? But at first glance, I look through I know, this. I and, don't. Yeah. As I look through this, though, I say, I just want to be careful not to be too extreme. Now, if somebody were to explain to me and talk to me about it, maybe my views could slightly change. I'm not saying that I'm, uh, you know, 100% right. I'm not saying that I'm stuck on exactly my views. I just feel like, man, maybe there should be some exceptions there. Do you see any articles on it or any details about the legislation being proposed? I'd love to get Rand Paul on, but, man, I don't have, like, five hours so that they'll say he's too busy and turn me down. That happens to me every day. I call congressmen and senators and try to get them on to highlight what they're talking about, and they're just too busy, Kurt. But then they want me to send in money, you know. Uh, but they say... More cities and states could ban no-knock warrants, and uh, Rand Paul on the national level is working on legislation to do just that. Uh, you know, for the most part, I agree. I would hope would be smart enough to say, for the most part, they're banned. 
there are really a few exceptions that, you know, make some sense that the law would carve out for. Um, anyway, there you have it, Kurt. Uh, anything else on that one? I don't think so. All right, maybe I ought to come back and talk about handshakes and hugs then. <laughs> well, isn't that a good follow-up, Kurt? Come on. Oh, okay. Kurt's not liking the hug and talk. All right, we'll talk about it anyway. Liberty Roundtable, <laughs> Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kurt Crosby, Sam Bushman on your radio. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump has to sign an executive order later today concerning police reform in America following weeks of protests over the issue of police brutality as the House and Senate are also crafting separate bills on reforming police departments. Here's Democratic Senator Cory Booker. There are practices in this country that one day we will look back and say are archaic. But right now, in this moment, the question is, is will we step up and do what we know will save lives in America? The chairman of the FCC says yesterday's massive T-Mobile network outage is simply unacceptable. The commission investigating the outage that took down calling and texting for T-Mobile customers nationwide, impacting those with other carriers as well, trying to reach T-Mobile customers for about 12 hours. This is USA Radio News. When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. policy forms and availability vary by state. Top White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow is throwing some cold water on the discussions of shutting down the U.S. economy again because of the resurgence of coronavirus in many states. I think shutting down the economy could be worse for our health uh, than not shutting it down. Kudlow speaking there on Fox News, saying that the economy needs to reopen, although it needs to do so safely. His remarks come as several states are seeing some significant increases in coronavirus cases after reopening their economies. And a chilly new model is forecasting over 201,000 people will die in the U.S. from coronavirus by the 1st of October. The Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington also says a possible range capped at well over a quarter of a million exists. Remember, you can find us online anytime. We're at usaradio.com.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Louisville bans no-knock warrants after police killing a Brianna Taylor inside her home. That's a tragic death, there's no doubt about it. I mean, out of control. And this is where, ladies and gentlemen, I would be very, very, very careful of these no-knock warrants. This is where I would literally, you know what, you've got to put together a series of litmus tests. Hey, is this person extremely violent? Are there individuals seriously in danger if we don't have the element of surprise? You know, you need to be very, very calculating and careful if these are ever used, right? Um, but Rand Paul introduced a bill on Thursday to ban no-knock warrants, the type of warrant that ultimately led to the death of Breonna Taylor. Multiple black people died as a result of excessive force, prompting protests nationwide. Anyway, the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act bans federal law enforcement officers from carrying out a warrant until the officer provides notice of his or her authority to blocks, I'm sorry, provides notice of his or her authority and purpose and block state and local agencies that receive funding that don't require the officers to provide notice of authority before forcibly entering a premises. So that, you know what, Rand Paul's uh, efforts, Kurt, are along the lines of exactly, now that I see what he's talking about, exactly what I'm speaking of. Rand Paul says, after talking with Brianna Taylor's family, I've come to the conclusion that it's long past time to get rid of no-knock warrants. Paul, a Republican, said in a statement. This will effectively end no-knock rage in the United States. The move comes as lawmakers look to address legislation uh, regarding ongoing national unrest, regarding the intertwined legacies of, quote, of institutionalized racism and police brutality. Anyway, uh, the Republicans and Democrats are both putting their own bills together. This is Rand Paul's efforts to get out in front of it all, Kurt. But I'm agreeing uh, with the way Rand Paul's talking about him, Kurt. Uh, you know what? If you demonstrate a legitimate exception and you demonstrate the absolute necessity of it and then you coordinate with local police, local uh, peace officers, local county sheriff's departments, uh, believe it or not, this goes back to our um, constitutional peace officers and sheriff's organization resolution. The CSPA resolution basically said, hey, if you come into the county of a given sheriff you need to coordinate with him before you take any action. Anyway, Rand Paul is spot on uh, on the focus here for what he's doing, Kurt. And so um, I'm going to take a step back and say I support it Rand Paul style, Kurt. I don't support it if we're just going to basically get rid of them all together, uh, kind of like getting rid of the cops idea. Um, but anyway, Rand Paul announces justice for Breonna Taylor Act, barring no-knock warrants. I think it's a little bit different when you read all the details that Rand Paul's talking about, Kurt, and I completely support it. Any uh, additional info on that? Nothing to add there, Sam. All right, well, I think that Rand Paul's kind of pushing a little bit more for handshakes and hugs, Kurt, than uh, no-knock warrants, and I'd like to see a whole lot more hugging and a a whole lot less warranting going on. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that right now. But the headline says, sadly so, handshakes and hugs 
may be gone for good after the pandemic, writes the New York Times, Kurt. You want to respond to this before I even go on? So the New York Times writes an article. Handshakes and hugs may be gone for good after the pandemic, Kurt. Well, I think they will be for certain people, uh, Sam. Uh, you know, some people are pretty much going to uh, live the masked life the rest of their life, I suppose, um, in some uh, silly way of, uh, at least in my opinion, of uh, trying to be safe. Um, I would simply suggest that it would be smart of people to uh, uh, embrace the good health uh, ideas. Um, and I, I'm not really talking about just trying to be inside some bubble so that you're away from every little uh, negative thing. Uh, I would simply say that it would be smart of people to uh, improve their uh, health so that their body can uh, deal with, you know, uh, problems. Just in the same way that like a football player gets in shape for uh, games or basketball player or whatever uh, and uh, you know you got these uh, yoga people or uh, extreme sports people they're going to get in shape for their event you know why not get in shape for life and uh, try to uh, encourage uh, the body with you know uh, constant nourishment to body and spirit uh, you know to uh, uh, improve all the good things that you put in, uh, improve your rest, improve your exercise. That plans. you put in, you're I talking mean, about putting your body hurt, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, because I believe uh, what you put in that hole below your nose uh, makes a whole big difference in how your body can, uh, well, respond to different things. Yeah. yeah, amen to that. Anyway, I'm bringing this up because I... You know, handshakes and hugs may be gone for good after the pandemic. I disagree completely. I don't think hugs need to go away at all. I agree with Kurt that we need to strengthen our immune systems. Uh, and I see all these articles saying, oh, vitamin C isn't what it's cracked up to be. You know, all the health experts are saying vitamin C is great, but they're wrong. And Well, you got to have vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc. Okay? you got to eat, have that stuff together. Uh, you've also got to get fresh air and sunlight and plenty of rest and plenty of good nutrition. And, I mean, you know, you can't just isolate something. That's what our society likes to do a lot. What we like to do is isolate something and say, ah, it doesn't work. But we need to look at the body and the healing and the, as a holistic discussion, like the Chinese do to a great degree. We don't do that. And, therefore, hey, you isolate something and you're like, oh, man, vitamin C, if you don't take it, doesn't do any good. Well, you're right. Well, vitamin C, if you only take that and you just ruin your health every other way possible, hey, it doesn't do much good. You're right. But we need to look at it more holistically. And I personally believe that hugs and handshakes and human uh, touch and interaction and love is so valuable to the human immune system that you wouldn't believe. Okay, there is something about that feeling. You know, when someone hugs you, you get that warm and fuzzy inside. That's not by accident, Kurt. That's by God's design. Let's be clear. It's that, quote, physical, I see you, I love you, I love your spirit that matters that people recognize and understand it gives you so much more energy kurt it's almost like an energy exchange see i agree with all these statements kurt now they say because the virus is spread through close close personal contact that health officials have urged the public to maintain a distance 
of at least six feet. And you know what? Cultures around the world are getting rid of hugs and cheek kisses and everything else. Now, you know, some cultures go too far in their expressions. I mean, I don't think you just ought to kiss every woman that you see on both cheeks and stuff. That's, in my mind, going too far. But Dr. Anthony Fossey, in my opinion, this guy is just, or Fauci, this guy's a nut. He's the, quote, country's leading infectious disease expert. He has called for a complete ban on handshakes. I don't mean to be offensive, Kurt, but what kind of a doctor is that? This doctor should know how vital to the American psyche or to the human psyche, I should say, uh, that hugs and handshakes really are. They say this. When you shake hands, Kurt, it's equal to three hours of face-to-face interaction. Do you believe that? I don't know how that you would analyze that. Oh, Kurt, don't discuss that. They know everything. It would depend on, you know, the kind of face-to-face interaction you're having. That's right. And Uh, it would depend on when you shake hands, how long you shake hands or how you shake I mean... Come on. Okay, it depends on all kinds of things. What if I shake hand with a glove on, Kurt? See, maybe everybody ought to just shake hands and wear gloves and hug and wear masks. Is shaking hands and hugging with a mask on and gloves better than staying six feet apart with neither of them on, Kurt? Ooh, we better ask for some federal government money to do that kind of study, huh, buddy? See, I mean, these people are crazy. They say when you shake hands... It's equal to three hours of face-to-face interaction. I just don't buy it. If you don't shake hands, Kurt, just so you know, it takes about three hours to get to the same level of rapport as if you did not shake hands, Kurt. Did you know that? Even at a, quote, safe social distance, we can inquire about our friends' hobbies Favorite television shows. We can establish things. We just have to try a little harder verbally. And, and um, oh, what do you want to call it? Body, uh, what do they call that, Kurt? Body language? Body language, yeah. We need to do it verbally instead of physically. It could be a verbal handshake, Kurt. Hey, Kurt, I really appreciate you, buddy. Shake your hand there. Okay. All I'm telling you is it's out of control. The next headline highlights it even more so in a, in a sinister way. Has the coronavirus stolen your hugs, Kurt? By Tara Parker Pope. Wow. Quick pause. Sam and Kurt in seconds. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters SCH still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying, shh, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Co-Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Attention Liberty News Radio listeners. 
Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. ladies and gentlemen we're talking about hugs and there's an article <laughs> has the coronavirus stolen your hugs question mark and they believe it or not say we asked scientists who study airborne viruses to teach us Kurt the safest way to hug do you want to learn the safest ways to hug Kurt and then they oh, literally <laughs> they literally go on here's what happens a Canadian woman was so desperate to hug her mother during the lockdown that, Kurt, she created like a hug suit, buddy. They call it a hug glove using a clear tarp with sleeves. That way the women could hug through the plastic, don't you know? They also highlight a video of two young cousins in Kentucky hugging and weeping after weeks apart in quarantine, it was viewed on the Internet thousands of times, Kurt. We did not expect for them to react the way they did, said Amber Collins. She recorded the union of her eight-year-old son hugging his cousin, Hugston, with his cousin, Rosalind Arnett, age 10. Yeah. They were so overjoyed they didn't know how to express themselves, Kurt, except the cry. This hug, Kurt, shows how powerful human touch really is. Not only do we miss hugs, Kurt, they say we need them. Where's Fauci? Let me say this again. Scientists are saying not only do we need, not only do we miss hugs, Kurt, we need them. It shows how powerful the human touch is. Physical affection, Kurt, reduces stress by calming our sympathetic nervous system which during times of worry releases damaging stress hormones into our bodies in one series of studies Kurt listen carefully just holding hands with a loved one reduced the stress of electric shock humans have brain pathways that are especially adept to detecting an affectionate touch says a psychology professor at Stanford University. Anyway, it goes on and on and on, Kurt. Now, they say some hugs are riskier than others. you got to point your face in opposite directions. Okay? I, I, I don't know. They say in one series of studies... Oh, I already read that one. Sorry. 
All right, but here's the do's and don'ts of hugging, they say, Kurt. Based on the advice of experts. Ready? Don't hug face-to-face. Don't breathe when you hug, Kurt, because you might just breathe right into the other person and give them the corona. Hug far apart, Kurt. There's potential for the mask to contaminate. Ooh. Yeah. So they literally go on and on and on with all these do's and don'ts of hugs, Kurt. Now, let me tell you this. Here's the last part. You ready, Kurt? Let me tell you how to decide if you're going to hug someone or not. You ready? You ready, Kurt, for this? Uh Yeah. Are you sure? I think so. Uh, I'm sitting down. All right, Um, Kurt. The, The hug has to spark joy, buddy. You got it? That's when you know you can hug somebody, sir. If you know the hug is going to spark joy, go for it responsibly, Kurt. But otherwise, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't just give hugs by routine. Give hugs only when they spark joy, my friend. Now, I understand what's trying to be said here. Hey, the closer we are, the more we can transmit the virus. I get it. But this idea that Fauci says, I want to get rid of the handshake and hug forever. This supposed expert physician, when the truth is all experts say how vital the human touch is. In one series of studies, just holding hands with a loved one reduced the stress of electric shock. Humans have brain pathways that are specifically designed and dedicated for detecting affection and touch. It's how we understand that we're safe. We're protected. We're not alone. And I know some people would say, this isn't a very hard-hitting segment, Sam, talking about hugs. Kurt, I think it is hard-hitting. When they literally try to get us to cover our faces. That's what criminals do, Kurt. They literally try to uh, sever human relationships and the need for human touch and interaction and involvement. And if you're not very careful, what you're going to do is you're going to allow this hate to grow and the love to be literally shut out if you're not very careful in our society. And I understand the need for protection. I don't think you just should hug everybody. <clears throat> but I do believe that hugs are critically important for humans. And I don't think we ought to let the coronavirus steal our hugs. And I think you got to hug your spouse, your loved ones, your significant other, your children, uh, really close friends. I think you got to be careful, not just hug everybody. But ladies and gentlemen, hugs show how powerful human touch really is. Not only do we miss hugs, we need them. Physical affection reduces stress. Any more on this, Kurt? Well, I can't say that I've got any more to add. I think it's uh, very well, you know, covered, Sam. And, you know, hey, good stuff. Hugs show. How powerful human touch really is, Kurt. Physical affection reduces stress by calming our um, our sympathetic nervous system. Um, they say which during times of worry releases damaging stress hormones into our bodies. This is important, Kurt. This is nothing to uh, ignore. The hug has to spark joy. Anyway, I I don't want to go on about this forever. 
I do believe it's a worthy discussion, an important discussion. All right, Kurt, you got stories from 0612, and the first headline says, Lady Antebellum changes ban name to Lady A, apologizes for causing pain. Why pain? Because Lady Antebellum, they say, is related to slavery, Kurt. And they say country group name change has a problem, though, Kurt. Lady Antebellum is now Lady A, but believe it or not, Lady A is already taken. Did you hear this, Kurt? Yes, I did, Sam. So I guess yeah. I'm going to have to go to Lady B, maybe, huh? You think? Anita White, 61 years old. She's been calling, you know, Anita, Lady A. She's been using this for a long time, so now there's a big old uh, conflict. Yeah. What do you think they ought to do, Kurt? Well, you know, I never knew there was any real problem with Antebellum, but I just was. Kurt, there is if you're scared of your shadow. Good point. You want to know what I think they should do? Sure. I think they ought to just simply say, hey, we had no references to slavery. We did have references to the Antebellum South. We are a southern musical group who uh, celebrates our history uh, in the South. We, along with everybody else, completely reject slavery. But you know what? The Antebellum period in America wasn't only about slavery. It was about a way of life, a slower life, a life of family and loved ones and friends and prosperity and one of the greatest times in American history. I'm sad that slavery was part of that history, and I reject slavery today. But the name Lady, Lady Antebellum stands, and why don't you spend your time, rather than attacking us, why don't you spend your time learning about the wonderful blessings of the historical South, their foods, their culture, their uh, wonderful life. You know what? Reject slavery, by all means. But learn about the rest of the culture and understand there's a lot of good, including our music. And that's what I would do if I were them. Kurt, and I wouldn't change a thing. And then I would spend my time talking about, I'm so sorry that you haters want to sever our history, but we're not doing that. We reject slavery too, as we should, but we are not going to pretend that the word antebellum only means slavery and there's no other meaning to the term, Kurt. Can you look up antebellum? What does it even mean, Kurt? Yeah, I was just looking it up, um, you know, and it... um talks about uh, well uh, like you said a better time or a more kind of relaxed time says uh, if it's an adjective it's belonging to the period before a war especially the American Civil War a noun before the war often used uh, joined by a hyphen attributively uh, another adjective says belonging to a period before a war especially well that's what they said before um existing before a war so seems like it'd be uh okay to use you know sam yeah so what do you think of my uh, point or you know what i would do i guess they by the way they did say uh, um that uh, what why is the band called lady antebellum uh, they were doing a publicity shoot at a southern mansion that dated back to before the Civil War. That period in the South has become known as the antebellum from a word that means before the war. Uh, one of the members of the fairly new group thought that that would be a good name for it. You know what I mean? Um, so seemed like it'd be fine if you ask me. I 
I don't see any real reason to fix it or, you know, break it or whatever. So, yeah. But that's just the way it is today. You know, you got you got these uh, monuments being pulled over or covered up or, you know, whatever, and everything's just kind of topsy-turvy. Boy, howdy. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Am I allowed to say ain't? My mom said not to do that. You said it's in the dictionary, though. Oh, right? yeah. Good. All right. I ain't going to quit then. By the way, uh, a lot of people said, you know, they're going to go after the, uh, quote, antebellum fathers or whatever you want to call it, the southern leaders, the, uh, you know, the south is going to rise again in history or whatever they're going to. And then others said they're going to go after the founding fathers. And I think that's true. But uh-huh. now, Kurt, I've said they're really going after the Christians. Uh, but now they've already started in on the Founding Fathers. Did you see this? Thomas Jefferson goes down in latest, quote, statue removal. Mm-hmm. They say it happened in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, and then they say as right. a peaceful march took place nearby. Okay, But I don't like the way they've written this headline at all, Kurt. I think it's dishonest. Thomas Jefferson goes down. In latest statue removal, it happened in Portland, Oregon. I mean, the story's factual, but it's wordsmithed to make it seem like peaceful people are just removing a statue according to protocol or law or whatever else. The headline should say criminals attack founding fathers, destroy property, violent extremist thugs do it again. Because isn't that the truth, Kurt? This isn't like, like peaceful people just dismantling a statue or statue removal here. They make it sound like it's so peaceful and just like according to expectations or protocol. These people are nuts. But they're going for the founding fathers and eventually they'll be attacking the Christians. Write it down. Remember who warned you first. What you'll start to see, unfortunately, is you'll start to see church after church after church buildings flat out burned to the ground. Write it down. Remember who warned you first. I pray it doesn't happen, but unless we turn to God, I predict it will. The answer is to return to the Almighty in humble similitude and prayer. In true humility, ask for God to protect us and heal our land. We need to change our ways and start keeping His commandments. That's our only real hope on the ground, ladies and gentlemen. Morality in the people. For Sam and Kurt, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for June 16th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're also convinced that checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. The checks and balances are oh so critical, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration 
of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Liberty Roundtable Live. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had on the first hour, Lowell Nelson campaign for liberty.org. The second hour, we had our buddy on Dr. Scott Bradley. His goal to preserve the nation. He has a book and a collegiate series titled just that, To Preserve the Nation. You want to learn more about his work? FreedomsRisingSun.com. That's FreedomsRisingSun.com. And he has webinars there, weekly Q&As on the Constitution and more. Check it out. We talked about do black lives matter? And the answer is yes, of course they do. Do black lives matter more than other lives? Do other lives matter more than black lives? So, yes, black lives matter. No, other lives don't matter more than black lives. No, black lives don't matter more than other lives. All lives matter. I know they say that's offensive as I'll get out to say, and it's racist to say. But you decide, ladies and gentlemen, if you think that's racist and evil to say. They say the reason that's bad to say, Sam, is because black lives are in jeopardy and white lives aren't. Or other lives aren't. And my response is everybody's lives are in danger every day. What we need to do is work together as God's children to find out, hey, what can we do to make sure we're less in jeopardy? What can we do to make sure that we protect one another, that we are our brother's keeper, that we do reach out in kindness and have a ministering attitude, a ministering as in followers of Jesus Christ, ministering to the best of our ability as he did, right? That's what we need to be focused on, folks. The BLM, believe it or not, Black Lives Matter wants to get into government schools now. They plan to teach your children all kinds of perverted stuff. There's an article on thenewamerican.com that breaks it down in great detail. But they want to teach that, hey, perverted gender's good and fine. That gender's fluid, not a, a God-given characteristic of the human experience. They want you to believe it's just fluid and you can change it. They want to destroy the traditional family. They want to replace the family with the gang. I mean, this group is evil, folks. All right. We also talked about an article from Andrew Napolitano, well-known, well-known Fox News commentator and judge. It's called A Knee in Our Throats. And he talks about all kinds of interesting things here. Basically, uh, Judge Napolitano says, hey, you know what? We are prisoners of the government. Wear your mask. Stay at home. Don't go to work. Don't open your business. Don't go to church. And for heaven's sakes, don't gather in any group larger than like 25 or 50 or 20 or 10 or whatever people. Of course, unless it's to riot and, you know, destroy the country. Unless it's something that government wants you to do. All right. We also talked about how federal courts gave us qualified immunity. Michael Meharry, 10th Amendment Center, wrote this article talking about the situation of, hey, you know what? This immunity the cops have is out of control. Qualified immunity is currently a, quote, legal doctrine that shields cops from liability for actions taken in the line of duty unless, listen, they violate rights clearly established by existing judicial Precedent. That doesn't make any sense to me. Rights don't come from, quote, clear judicial precedents, ladies and gentlemen. No statutes exist, by the way, giving qualified immunity. Rather, it was a, well, bunch of decisions over time. 
that evolved from a series of Supreme Court cases. This is bogus, and it's got to stop, folks. This special immunity has gone way too far. By the way, which side committed treason in the Civil War? Thomas D. Lorenzo uh, reports on this and talks about the Lincoln Project. They put together a television ad that made the following legal argument that, hey, Southern Confederate people are you know, carrying the Southern flag. And so people with Confederate flag attended Trump rallies, and therefore a Trump is kind of a racist. Right? Donald Trump encourages, encourages treason, they claim. What kind of twisted logic is that? That's how the left gets there, folks. That was hour one with Lowell Nelson. Hour two, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. We talked about this incredible piece from Paul Harvey. It was about policemen, and it was one of Paul Harvey's best narrations, so we grabbed it from Paul Harvey's, Paul Harvey's archives. Tremendous broadcaster, tremendous point defending police officers. We need to make sure that they maintain the peace officer status, but boy, do they have a hard job to fill, shoes to fill, don't they? We talked about discussion about chaos with anarchists and the Seattle Chaz Zone. They renamed this thing now to Chaz to chap or whatever the heck they're doing, but it's a, a, a danger zone down there. We talked about police got $454 million in military gear since 2017 alone. Why are we giving them tons of military gear? And then we're worried about them taking it too far. By the way, the Seattle Times pens a feature on guerrilla gardening inside of Chaz. It's a story of reparations, they claim. Seattle Autonomous Zone, that's where Chaz comes from, right? Seattle Autonomous Zone or whatever. They're demanding U.S. citizenship for all kinds of illegal aliens. How many there are in a country, who knows? They say 11 to 22 million, but I think it's more like 30-plus million, but that's just me. Seattle Zones, quote, new enforcers blocking police responses to rapes, robberies, and more. This is no longer protests, folks. This has become domestic terrorism. Writes World Net Daily. Boy, are they right. The only real long-term answer, ladies and gentlemen, is morality in the people. We must turn to God Almighty. That was my statement. NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley even says, hey, you know what? We're bashing the defund the cops movement. Most police officers are good, good people, although, do, although we do need police reform, says Charles Barkley. And I think the NBA stars right. We do need some police reform for sure. This idea that they have this uh, immunity that lasts forever and a day is wrong. This idea that we can ship military hardware to the cops uh, and then not expect them to eventually kind of get militarized and use it is wrong. So we certainly need police reform, folks. There's no doubt about it. But let's not let the pendulum swing too far the wrong way and just abolish all the cops and leave it to a Chaz anarchy, crazy, psychotic zone full of criminals bent on mischief. No, thank you. Let's stand with the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. Let's use the checks and balances that made America great. Let's restore morality in the people. We need to get on our knees before God and pray and repent and beg him to heal our land and protect us. The sooner we do that, the better off we are. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place just yesterday. Still available in archive form, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Kurt's with me. News the network refuses to use starts now. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. 
Thank you, Sam. All right. I don't know if you experienced this, Kurt. I did not. Well, I did. But in a roundabout way, I'll explain. Headline says this. T-Mobile, Sprint, AT&T, and Verizon customers reporting widespread nationwide cell service outages yesterday. Did you see that? Did you experience that at all? You know, I don't. I mean, I didn't notice anything myself, but I probably was just taking a nap during the time. You know how I take a lot of Oh, yes, sir. Kurt's just sleeping during the yeah. movies, sleeping during the outages. I understand. Yeah. But uh, they say that it was massive, Kurt, and it didn't really affect me because I'm on Verizon, so my phone worked great. But I did call a bunch of people on T-Mobile, and their phones were out. Uh-huh. Very good. They say our network is now fully operational with all voice and texting services restored. That's what uh, T-Mobile's saying, Kurt. You want to? Uh, well, so what happened? Did they say anything? Like, I'm struggling uh, to get all the details. They just want to sell me phones rather than give me data. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, shock. And thanks for your patience while we work through the issue. I get that, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I'm going to still be researching mm-hmm. this. It's a hard topic. Uh, they're not really saying, you know, some people thought it was related to the Seattle deal, but I don't so see how, how that could be nationwide. affect the other wireless carriers? Well, uh, the LA Times has got that piece. They say the 900, 911 down in the whole U.S., ladies and gentlemen. T-Mobile hit with cell phone outage. Voice and text down for thousands of users. Um. They say Verizon outage or service down. 911 down in the entire U.S. And then they say major. You know, I don't know why. Everybody's too busy telling me it was down. No one's telling me why. Now they say why a massive cell phone outage hit the southeast. But that's not the whole thing, Kurt. Yeah, I guess the uh, AT&T guys and Verizon said their networks were performing well. Uh, that's according to the LA Times. Hang tight. We'll but, keep digging uh, into it, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, on Liberty Roundtable Live. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt, and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, So I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just... Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past, sometimes Democrats have too. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and you lose, you start blaming somebody else, and you don't have what it takes to be in this job. 
Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to defendapatriot.com. Defendapatriot.com. All right, so T-Mobile executives are saying it was an IP configuration issue. Some say it was a distributed denial of service attack or a DOS attack. Um, it's hard to say. They say significant capacity issues may be part of the problem. They say uh, calling and texting has experienced trouble. They say the nation T, uh, T-Mobile uh, downing uh, system is over. Anyway, um, but what I find interesting is some were saying it affected more carriers, but I don't see that. So very strange. Any other uh, update on this, Kurt? You know, I wonder on the uh, affected more carriers, if you're a T-Mobile guy and you're calling, um, you know, Verizon guy and you're not getting anything, you think, oh, man, uh, I guess Verizon's down. Maybe maybe that's how that wins. Yeah, that could own. be. Or if you're a Verizon customer and you're calling somebody from T-Mobile and you don't realize T-Mobile, which numbers or whatever saying, else, hey. you're going, hey, man, I can't get through. Must be Verizon when yeah. it's not really. Good point. So anyway, very, very interesting. But here's what I find Fascinating, Kurt. They did it was just a little configuration issue. <laughs> but I don't really understand how a configuration issue just literally rocks the whole nation. Well, yeah, the same. I mean, uh, and that's just one, you know, I guess you got T-Mobile and Sprint have now teamed up. But it hasn't been too many months. And, uh, you know, you're you just, uh, I mean, I, at least one thought in my mind was like, Man, just imagine if we had one of those EMP things, you know. Well, and that's the and, first thing that uh, some people brought up to me is they said, Sam, we have a massive outage. You think they launched an EMP? And I said, no, because it would have affected all kinds of things, not just, you know, data connectivity. It would affect all of yeah. your, you know, connected devices or whatever else. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think it was just T-Mobile that was down. Uh, I think it just affected um, T-Mobile. That's it. Good point. Our network is now Looks fully like operational, they say. So uh-huh. there you have it. Uh, but it, it was all the different carriers reporting it because it was affecting everybody, but it was all a T-Mobile issue. Not, uh, well, I should say it was T-Mobile and Sprint, Kurt, because they're the same yeah, guy. You know that, right? That's right. right. They teamed up or so they it's, 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 merged it's really, or whatever. That's it's both of them, I guess. So T-Mobile and Sprint customers reporting widespread nationwide cell service outages. 
T-Mobile now says, hey, our network is up and running and it was just a configuration issue. Sorry. Our network is now fully operational. Everything is restored. Thanks for your patience as we work through the issue. I'm glad it's all up and running, and I'm glad it's not something more sinister. That's all. It is surprising a little bit that a little uh, configuration issue could just jack the whole thing down for hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people. Uh, but there you go. All right. <clears throat> um, ben Carson's in the news, Kurt. I don't know if you saw this. They say Ben Carson says Trump will get there on players kneeling during the anthem. Did you see this? Mm, I don't think so. It's kind of a mixed bag here, kind of a weird story. But Ben says that protesters need to make clear what they're actually protesting, Kurt. Part of the problem is people don't know what they're protesting, buddy. Uh huh. Can you imagine that, Kurt? Did you know what they were protesting? Yeah. Well, uh, it's probably uh, that they uh, don't make enough money in the NFL, you know. <laughs> and, uh, those guys are, you know, Come on. held back, you know. Now, Carson, interestingly enough, says some important things uh, here, Kurt, that I think is worth talking about. Listen carefully to this Very black good. man. Ready? Yeah. Carson said the nation simply is not systemically racist. Wink of that. I think he's right. No? Yeah. We're not just supposed to believe everybody's racist because they say so. You mean a black man says they're not and we should give him credence? I think so. Imagine that. And, uh, I think so, too. You, you look at him and his life story and you look at all that stuff. He's, you know, in one of the highest offices of the land, uh, you, you know. Yeah. He's hanging with the president, uh, you know, I mean. It's, You're right. It's, yeah. So here's what he says, and this is an interesting, you know, deal that's hard to argue against. Here's what he says. The nation is not systemically racist. He says, I've seen systemic racism growing up. I mean, we are so much better than that now. Do we still have racist people? Of course. You know, you're always going to have people that, sit, that think superficially and don't think deeply. But that doesn't mean the whole system needs, is corrupted and needs to be changed, the secretary added. So he basically is saying, yes, there's racist people, but folks, we've come a long way. We're not perfect. There's still bad people among us, still, you know, people that don't think deep enough to understand. But you know what? We've come a long way, and we're not a systemically racist country. This is the guy that works for President Trump, the, quote, supposed biggest racist in the nation. But you've got a black man who grew up in the hood who knows what systemic racism looks like because he grew up with it. In fact, he tells stories about how it made him so angry. Uh, And he had to eventually let it go and turn to God, Kurt. And he talks about this. Then his mom teaches, you know, work, focuses on, hey, you got to read, son. Turn off the boob tube in the video games and start to read. And it changed his whole life. And I, look, I say, look at the American dream for Ben Carson. Was it because he grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth? No. Was it because he grew up with white privilege? No. Was it because he, well, it's because he turned to God and he learned to educate himself and his mother loved him and cared for him. And did he have a father in the home? No. Did he have every disadvantage in front of him yes but did he make it a american heroic success story 
Yes. Okay, this is the guy, in my opinion, that we should be listening to. One, because he's pointing out a truism. And two, because he's got the experience and the personal, uh, what do you want to say? He's in the position to experience systemic racism. He did so growing up. And he says, we're better than that now, Kurt. I take courage from that and say, do we have a ways to go? Uh, according to Ben with, you know what? There's still racist people. Yes, we do. But we're never going to stamp out racism completely, Kurt. There's always going to be people, in my opinion, who view it incorrectly and who are racist. You're not going to stop it. There's people that just hate blind people. You see a blind person, you're like, hey, that person's dumb and retarded and, you know, etc. Um, anybody who is different than another, they're always going to have a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of skepticism, a little bit of, that's normal. What we need to do is politely show them through experience different. And once they see different, they go, okay, well, that guy might be blind and different than me, but it's okay. That person may be black or white or whatever different than me. That's okay. And we can teach them through experience and example. Um, you know, I'm a blind person, have been since birth, Okay. And, you know, some of my nieces and nephews, when they're born and they're really young, they're scared of me <laughs> because they just see that I don't look right at them. They see that my eyes look weird and no offense, they're just little kids and they don't really know, but they're just, it's weird and different. And so they're scared. And what I always do is I kill them with kindness. And, you know, I always tell their parents, I'm going to win this battle. The battle is you're weird. I want to stay away from you. I'm scared of you. And uh, I just hug them and love them and tease them and play with them. And before you know it, they're my friends. And they are because they go, okay, I, I'm starting to get it. You know what Uncle Sam just can't see, but he's okay. He's all right. And so one uh, niece ran up to me after she was about, I don't know, three and a half years old. And she's like, I'm not scared of you anymore. <laughs> and I gave her this big hug. And Anyway, I'm just saying we need to learn to work through things in that way. I don't know, I don't know what it's like for racism because I'm white. But I do know what it's like to be discriminated against. I do know what it's like to be treated and, and uh, differently. I absolutely know what that's like. And it's no fun. But you can either run around with a chip on your shoulder and have a bad attitude. Or you can go, I get why they think that way. I'm going to put myself in their shoes a little bit. I get why people don't know how to respond. But you can have fun with it. You know, when I'm with my wife or with somebody... And the waitress says, does he want a drink? I usually look at him and say, yes, he does. And, you know, the people that are with me that know me well know they just smile and don't say anything because they know that I'm going to respond. And, okay, but, and then the poor person's embarrassed, and for a second they are. But they know that I'm kind of teasing them, and they kind of smile and go, oh, geez. I, I, okay. And then they treat me normal for the rest of the time. Okay, it, we've got to just take it in stride any differences we have. Okay. We need to not let it spill into hate. We need to pray for one another. We need to work together. Anyway, Ben Carson is spot on. Is why I bring up his, uh, in my opinion, stellar example. And he's in the Trump administration. And why isn't this making top billing headlines, especially when we've got a massive racial divide right now and we need healing? Ben Carson should be one of the, in my opinion, lead voices on this. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Trouble with your cell phone service yesterday? Well, apparently the problem was with the massive T-Mobile network. The FCC says it's investigating the outage that affected customers coast to coast. The chairman of the FCC tweeting last night, the outage is unacceptable. T-Mobile says voice and texting services have been restored as, as of earlier this morning. It was a big day for the LGBTQ community yesterday with a historic victory in a Supreme Court ruling. Human Rights Campaign Chief Alfonso David says it was a landmark decision for LGBTQ equality. Federal law does protect LGBTQ people from being discriminated against at work, and no one should be denied a job or fired simply because of who they love. And this is USA Radio News. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 27 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. After the shooting death of a black suspect in Atlanta last Friday, the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, has made some changes to police policy in that city. The mayor yesterday issuing several new orders, including... If a police officer sees another officer using force, which is beyond reasonable under the circumstances that they are duty-bound to intercede. President Trump plans to be surrounded by law enforcement officials today at the White House when he signs an executive order concerning police reforms. He says the order will offer guidelines for new training on techniques that would be used in tense situations. The move follows the three weeks of nationwide protests over police brutality sparked by several recent cases involving black victims. Congresswoman Ilan Omar's father has died of COVID-19. He was 67. This is USA Radio News. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby, yeah, even the mainstream press, talking about the massive new um, T-Mobile outage, I guess, there, huh, Kurt? Yep, they brought it up, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, but anyway, back to this uh, Ben Carson thing, at least yeah. to me, uh, that's a, I guess you could say, a little more pressing and important issue. Uh, I agree. You know, I was I was looking at uh, unless you're report down from... Yeah, good point. Uh, report from the Daily Signal, and uh, you know, it's a few days back where Ben Carson was uh, reflecting on the death of George Floyd, um, 
in uh, you know in their article it says how uh, young Ben uh, at the time of Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, you know speech in '63 uh, says he was just an 11 year old boy, uh, and uh, it says uh, young Ben knew what it was like to be treated a certain way because of the color of his skin. But over the course of his life, he, became, he came to realize that something far more important defined him. And it says, his relationship with God. And it says, uh, these are his words, he says, It tells me I have to forgive everybody and not hold grudges and not let hatred grow. Um, and the, uh, the story says... Uh, Talking about Ben Carson, he became a celebrated neurosurgeon and is now secretary of the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Uh, then Carson added, uh, I don't want to sound like a preacher, but that's the real solution. A change of heart of people, and unless you get that, it's all cosmetic. There you have it. <laughs> Anyway, Ben Carson speaking out, as I mentioned right before the pause, I think he should be one of the strongest voices on the discussion. And, no, on uh, this whole kneeling thing, Sam, I mean, wouldn't it be cool if the president and, uh, you know, uh, Ben Carson, you know, came out and said, hey, uh, let's all kneel before the game. Uh, we'll just kneel in prayer uh, for our nation and for the world. And uh, then we'll have the, uh, um, then we can kneel in unity, you know, and then, uh, you know, have the uh, national anthem uh, after that or something. Yeah, you but know, Rush I mean, Limbaugh spoke, Kurt, about this big time and said, you know what, right. this isn't about the national anthem. Yeah. Okay, because look, when was the last time when you, you know, heard the national anthem or saw the flag, you're like, oh, man, I hate black people. Or, oh, man, I, you know. I'm a racist or, oh, golly, that flag means that, you know, blacks are just ruined. In the, okay, Hell You don't man, associate man. these things. It's not true, Kurt. And right. the truth is that they are protesting what? Ben Carson says they need to be clear. What are they protesting? If they're protesting, if they're protesting racism, you don't protest it by the flag of the anthem, which really over time has brought more rights to black people than any other country in the history of the world. Okay, so the flag and the national anthem should symbolize uh, freedom. Certainly, we started out in many ways on the wrong foot in America, but that was before we were the United States. Over time in the United States, we've granted, as Ben Carson wisely says, more and more and more and more and more liberties. When I say granted, I mean we've acknowledged and embraced more and more and more liberties. So I don't believe, you know, that idea. The nation is not systemically racist. I believe that. You know what? It's it's bad. It's there. But we're getting better all the time, Ben Carson says. And I think that's what we, our takeaway ought to be. We're getting better. We ought to keep working on it. But that doesn't mean that we ought to kill each other and we ought to rape each other and we ought to take over city blocks and just destroy liberty and kick out the cops and hate the blue. Pretty soon, the you know, color blue will be the most racist. Everybody hates the blue. Let's set aside hate and replace it with kindness and love and example and Let's find those leaders who can heal and bring together. That's what I would advocate for, and I back Ben Carson completely. All right, Kurt, there's another story in the news that's probably the biggest story. 
in what modern history, barring same-sex marriage being backed by your government? Uh, World Net Daily is calling a mind-blowing makeover. Supremes, that's the Supreme Court, redefine sex. Court creates deceptive regulation that creates, quote, new privileges, if you will, Kurt. The Supreme Court's surprising 6-3 to decision ruling in favor of gay and transgender rights was perhaps, they claim, the strongest evidence of how predictably and fundamentally Americans' views have changed. I don't find that, Kurt. They say fundamentally and unpredictably our views have changed. I don't know that our views have changed necessarily. I still believe that the gay and lesbian lifestyle is a sin. I still believe that transgenderism is a lie. It's a scientific lie um, because I believe that, you know what, genders are scientific-based. Okay, they genders were assigned by Almighty God before we ever got here. And uh, so they're not being genuinely or intellectually honest here. But I don't believe most people's views have changed, Kurt. I just think we've been forced to accept certain things that uh, are wrong and evil. And you can make something, quote, legal, but you can't make it lawful. What that means is you can force the government to say that this is the way it is. But that doesn't mean that it's that it's true or moral or right or good. And, you know, the fine line here is just because I want to be kind to all my brothers and sisters, including those who choose lifestyles that I disagree with and or are born with lifestyles. It depends on if you believe the nature nurture discussion here. Uh, you know, I'm not here to debate that. I'm here to say I want to be kind to them either way. But that doesn't mean that I have to agree with them. And let's not pretend that just because I want to be kind that I agree. Let's also not pretend that because I disagree that I mean hate or harm or ill will. I have every right to my beliefs. I have every right to state that I believe God sets forth these guidelines about uh, our behavior <clears throat> and our, uh, our uh, gender, not government. I believe God decides, you know, God is in charge of those things. And I'm not at liberty to change them or alter them or abolish them or, you know, modify them. Okay, so, but that doesn't mean that I hate someone because they disagree with me. And uh, anyway, they call it a mind-blowing makeover in World Net Daily, Kurt. But it turns out, sad tale to tell, Justices Neil Gorsuch and John Roberts joined the court's four liberal judges in the landmark ruling that um, involved the 1964 civil rights law that you can't discriminate against employees based on sex um, is kind of the idea. I don't know how to respond to this, Kurt, because I don't believe they're being honest about the details here, but nevertheless, it's going to fundamentally change things, Kurt. Do you want to respond to this one? Oh, you know, um, I guess I would respond in the same way that um, the dissenters, because uh, it was a six to three decision. Uh, the dissenters, you had uh, Justice Samuel Alito, uh, Clarence Thomas, you know, uh, in the days of the whole uh, Black Lives Matter things, it's interesting, you know, where he stands here. Um, 
and uh, basically he, uh, Justice Alito, um, you know, said there's only one word for what the court has done today, and he said the word is legislation. Um, Alito pointed out that the body responsible for legislation is the Congress. It's proposed such measures, but they have failed. Uh, the document that the court releases is in the form of a judicial opinion interpreting a statute, but that is deceptive, he wrote. Title uh, 12 of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits employment discrimination on any of five specific specified grounds. Uh, you got race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. Neither sexual orientation nor gender identity appears on that list. For the past 45 years, bills have been introduced in Congress to add sexual orientation to the list. And in recent years, bills have included gender identity as well. But to date, none has passed. And Alito argued that because Congress has not expanded the definition of sex in Title 12, the prohibition of discrimination because of sex still means what it has always meant. Well, and I have a problem with this discrimination uh, idea. You know, am I discriminating if I have a religious-based organization or a service-based organization, and I don't want those who uh, are against my beliefs ministering in those organizations? Does that mean that I'm discriminating or hate-filled? Or do I just have a belief that they might not carry forward uh, my belief system. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Sir Galahad, what seems to be the problem? Well, it's just not working. She's been very unrealistic. Really? Ever since he rescued me from the dragon, we've been drifting apart. That's not true. We were supposed to live happily ever after. Well, this isn't a fairy tale. <laughs> At first, he was gallant and chivalrous, opening doors for me, holding my chair, taking my arm. All right, I'm not as young as I used to be. He simply isn't the man who swept me off my feet. Well, you're not as young as you used to be. <laughs> Mr. Sir Galahad, maybe if you started by just holding Mrs. Sir Galahad's hand when you're together. Really? Yes, try it. Okay. All right, go on, take her hand. Careful, little oil. Marriage, you're never too far apart when you're still holding hands. From your neighbors, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, look into each other's eyes. That's right, raise your visor. Oh, the blue yeah. For more tips on strengthening your marriage, visit family.mormon.org. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. 
nagging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Neil Gorsuch, John Roberts sold us down the river once again, Kurt. And this, kind of, you know, I always hear everybody tell me you got to elect Republicans, Sam. Whether you agree or disagree with their day-to-day work, you know what? The fact is they put the good guys on the courts, and by golly, just think how horrible it would be if they didn't. And I look at this, and I go, hey, man, these two dissenters here were big, quote, judicial picks uh, from the right or from the, quote, Republicans. And, man, have they failed us now, big time. And it was a 6-3 to three ruling. It wasn't even a 5-4. to four. It was 6-3. to three. And they say it was the strongest evidence of how fundamentally and unpredictably uh, Americans' views on this gay and lesbian agenda has changed. And I disagree with all that. I don't agree. I don't I, I think the, the courts have gone more and more and more left, more and more perverted, but I don't think that the, that the people are as bad as they make it sound. They make it sound that this was a mandate for the people. And I disagree. These activists whacked out conservative, appointed by conservatives' judges, are the ones that literally ran us off the rails, Kurt. It wasn't a mandate from the people at all. Uh, and I find this very interesting. Same thing with Roberts and the health care issue. Isn't he the one that sold us south on that one? So this Roberts guy is, you know, in my opinion, uh, far from one of us. And I'm finding that this Gorsuch, isn't that the guy we fought for that was like super conservative? And man, the only person we could get more conservative would be uh you know, maybe a judge, Roy Moore, or, you know, maybe that Catholic female judge that was doing a great job, or, you know, they were pitching this guy as the good guy. And man, they've really fundamentally changed America. It's going to be very difficult for large organizations, whether they be educational, whether they be uh, religious, whether they be, this is going to be a massive sea change uh, in uh, what employees will be working where and what you can do about it as an employer. And, you know, what if I'm not against you, but I just fundamentally believe you shouldn't work with children or work in my religious minister or ministering organization or whatever else, because I believe that you fundamentally don't agree with my viewpoints, that, hey, uh, promiscuity, promiscuity is wrong, that, uh, you know, gender is, is not to be just willy-nilly reassigned. It's a scientific reality, and, you know, I believe in the adage that, as God said in Genesis— Male and female created he them, and I, I believe in these fundamentals. I don't want to hire an employee that may completely disagree with and or undermine uh, what I'm doing and teaching and believing and standing for. No longer an option, Kurt. I'm telling you, this will have a, a, a serious, serious chilling uh, uh, across the country for a lot of religious organizations and everything else. And uh, there you have it. They say it was a surprising 6-3 to three ruling. Kurt, any more on this one? Uh, they say that uh, it this thing this ruling covered three cases. In one, a Michigan funeral home worker was fired after he began he began coming to work dressed as a woman, and calling himself Amy Stevens. And Georgia County worker Gerald Bostock was fired as a child welfare advocate for conduct unbecoming a county employee after he joined a gay softball league. In the third case, New York skydiving instructor Donald Zarda was fired days after mentioning he was homosexual. Uh, And uh, 
the associate justice Neil Gorsuch wrote in the majority opinion, an employer who fires an individual for being homosexual or transgender fires that person for traits or actions it would not have questioned in members of a different sex. Anyway, there's a constitutional separation of powers, rights, Alito and others. Our role as judges are not to pretend we're Congress. Our role is to interpret and follow the laws that are written, regardless of whether we like the results of the law or not. Justice Scalia would be disappointed that these um, majority uh, opinion holders on the Supreme Court are trying to pervert his words. Anyway, this was not judging. This was a legislative agenda, a brute force attack on our constitutional system. So there you have it. Uh, most people will just miss this, Kurt, because most of the places that people watch for news won't be talking about this at all. What they kind of want to do is just have it under the radar. You know what I mean? What do you think? Well, I think you're right. Um, I was looking to see what Clarence Thomas had to say about it. Um, Thomas doesn't talk uh, much, Kurt. Yeah, in my opinion, see. a very solid conservative, but he usually doesn't say much. He, you know, lets his—I um, don't know what you want to say—writings in the courts uh, and/or his uh, vote say it all. And in my opinion, Clarence Thomas has consistently, consistently voted right for a long time. So I will say that for him, right? All right, uh, another topic here. Donald, President Donald Trump indicated on Monday that his administration was ready to move if the ongoing situation in Seattle warranted outside attention or intervention. Uh, what do you think, Kurt? Mm, the situation in Seattle, if it warranted outside... Intervention. Uh, yeah. You know, it sure seems like they could handle things just fine there. Uh, but, you know, um, I believe this is one of the reasons why in America you have, you know, you've got, number one, the 50 states. You've got the counties. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's I think it's out of control there in Seattle. But, you know, in my opinion, places like San Francisco and many New York and others, New York City have been kind of out of control for quite some time. This is just a little bit more uh, of that on turbo, and I think they're going to see uh, the good people of, um, you know, kind of family-centered type of folks going to continue to exit places like Seattle. And uh, uh, I, I really don't know what else to say about it except that... Uh, the only real solutions are return to God and do the things we should uh, for a uh, civil good society. Yeah, they call it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, CHAWS, and it has since apparently been renamed to the Capitol Hill Ongoing Protest, CHOP. Kurt, do you want to <laughs> respond to that? I don't know what else to add for that, Sam. I mean, Come on, just, Kurt. Don't you like the new name? It's goofy stuff, you know. I mean, I, I just, if I were uh, 
in the media, I just like not even talk about them and let them, let them sit there and, you know, grow stuff in the park, I guess. But, you know, to me, it's just silly stuff. You know, I mean, what if, if the same police department, you know, allows this to happen, they're going to have like what, uh, hundreds of little countries in their city. Uh, I don't I mean, know. It's just crazy. I don't, I don't know how to respond to that exactly, except to say this. Uh, you know, I think President Trump is right uh, when he says, hey, my administration is ready to move if the ongoing situation warrants outside intervention. He's not saying that it does yet. Right? Um, he's basically saying my administration is ready to move. He's basically offering support and saying, look, this is getting out of hand. And if you need help, I, I, I'm ready to help. But I understand that. Because on one hand, I don't believe that we should bring in the military, Kurt. On the other hand, I do believe at all levels of government, we have an obligation to protect the people. And when there's rapes and robberies going on and you got some gained armed group of thugs uh, literally controlling, this isn't just a small area or way out in the boonies where no one's threatened. This is like six city blocks right in the middle of Seattle, Washington, which is at, what, 750,000? Population city. Okay, this isn't something you just ignore. And so at some point, I say, if the local aren't going to do any good, I mean, I don't hear anything from the mayor, any real reaction, or the governor. I mean, this is a pure insanity. And uh, in my opinion, this is something that at some point, some level of government needs to intervene here. Um, I'm not really excited about the president needing to do so, but I get his point, Kurt. How long can you just allow the local governments to do nothing but the people's rights, the innocent people's rights to just flat out be violated and put on hold by these literal terrorist thugs? So I'm, I'm defending President Trump here because he's showing restraint, but at the same time, he's indicating that this is serious. Right? Anyway, Good point. I, 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 I'm defending the president here a little bit. Again, he's not just going in with troops and being all crazy. He's just going, guys, listen, my administration is ready to move. If the ongoing situation in Seattle warrants outside intervention. Right. And um, I don't know what else to say about it, except to say that what more can the president do than show restraint? But offer help. I mean, look, they literally renamed this city now. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone has now been renamed to the Capitol Hill ongoing protest, CHOP. I mean, who wants to live in the city of CHOP, Kurt, where armed thugs are running around? I mean, this is crazy town. All right. Well, don't worry. Corporate America's back in the thugs, Kurt. Your latest headline? Corporate America pledges... $1.7 billion to the Black Lives Matter movement, Kurt. Well, yeah, Sam, and, um, you know, why do you think they're doing that? Why do I think that the corporations are doing this? Because I think that they don't really realize the connection between the terrorism and the Black Lives Matter. And I think we've created a culture in America so much so to where big corporations are just afraid they'll be flat out erased in society if they don't stand with the bullies i mean i look at um you know this jackson guy and some of these other black leaders that have dressed down corporations forever 
It's like the bully. It's like yeah. they'll come in and be Jackson, like, hey, Jackson. if you don't uh, you know, pay your dues to my organization, we'll crush you. You know, it's, it's like the mafia. And so the Black Lives Mafia has literally got these corporations so scared that if they don't cooperate, they're just going to be flat out erased or destroyed. And so they're like, hey, we'll just contribute here and try to hope that they turn their ire on somebody else. Now, I think it's the exact wrong move to make. But I believe that's what they're doing. And I think they, they just, you know, we've created this politically correct idea that if you don't contribute that kind of money, you're a big racist corporation. You just are. And, and, and we've created this shakedown scenario so much so in society that I don't know that these corporations feel like they have a choice. Now, I think what they need to do is start to stand up. I think if you were to get four or five of them to really stand up and say, uh-uh, then I think others would start to follow and go, wait a minute, this is wrong. The problem is that some of the points are just. For example, we do need police reform, Kurt. We do need, okay, so some of it is justified. And I think that corporate America believes in the some part justified part, and they don't realize they're being played for suckers by these criminals. I'm going to finish with your headline, Kurt, this hour. Antifa. And then you got number Chaz Thugs, so it's kind of a hashtag. Attack, choke, sexually assault street preacher in Seattle. The Autonomous Zone has the right to reject you, World Net Daily. You had that headline yesterday, but I wanted to kind of tie it together here today to answer your question. They corporate The corporate world doesn't want to have that happen to them virtually and figuratively to their whole corporations. So they're scared. We're letting this happen and backing with corporate dollars and tax dollars. It's a shame.